This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? Oh, Carlos Colon. I am doing splendid. I, you know, I, as you shake your head as I named you another wrestler, uh, I am looking forward to describing the storyline of you as a wrestler in the mainstream. Um, last week, we got to learn all about my uh, fearless co-host here, Cole Dawson. Cole, have you had any feedback regarding your story? I mean, not yet. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, same here. Lowest rated episode of all the times. Oh, no. No, no. It's, I, I have on good authority that is the highest rated episode of all the times, even outclassing some of the podcasts that we love today. Um, but it's been a great week. Uh, summer is approaching. I am... Also approaching Double or Nothing this week. I cannot wait to be there live and in living color. Oh, I, is this? It's this week? Oh, Yes, wow. it's this weekend. Yes. I mean, as people are listening to this one, this episode, <laughs> it'll yeah, be this weekend. That's, that's, yeah, I realized that as I was about to ask the question that we're talking about the time that it really exists and not uh, when we're recording this so that you can be there and not yes. have to worry about recording and editing an episode. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I do. I rather would. I'd rather not edit an episode while I'm in Vegas. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, lots of wrestling. Lots of lip biscuitry uh, is a word I just made up today. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Like you need some blue chew there. Oh, yes. It's going uh, to be a hard day at the office, uh, if I say, my, say so myself. But speaking of hard, uh, I'm uh, having a hard time trying to come up with what other matches are going to be on this Double or Nothing card. Because, uh, again, this is a week early as far as, like, you know. Time. Yeah. Time. Yeah. But uh, we're still today, two weeks away from this pay-per-view, and there's only uh, three matches announced. Uh, so I'm kind of, you know, what are they going to do? What are they setting up for? I'm excited as all hell. I know that we're going to have probably the two finals of the Owen Hart tournament at this show, which is going to be fun. Um, I, I'm hoping it's the quarterfinals and the finals. That'd be Ooh. great. Yeah, I'm hoping it's three matches each of the Owen Hart tournament, and so then they don't need to have so many advertised matches. Yes. Because uh, have they even finished the first round as of today we're talking? I'm not sure. I know Because they haven't had the Jokers on yet. No. So, yeah, I feel like they're going to set it up so that the quarterfinals and finals are on the pay-per-view, so... Well, I'm excited. I cannot wait. Uh, I know they're definitely gearing up from so, for some sort of William Regal and Chris Jericho thing. Uh, Th that was interesting and fun, yes. Yes. I, I feel like they're heading towards either football fuckery or the big giant cage match gimmick. I'm going to lean towards the big giant cage gimmick only because I think they want William Regal to scream blood and guts as he would war games. 
uh, for NXT. Oh, uh, there you go. They're bloody guts! Ugh. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be like a six-on-six six affair, and it's going to be a bunch of chicanery and a bunch of weirdness. But, you know, it's going to be fun to watch live. I can't wait to see it. I, I don't know if it'll be this pay-per-view, but although yeah, the way things broke broke down last week, I could see it being this pay-per-view. Um, I hate that. I, I'd like oh, well, I'd like for them to announce it uh, before a week before the pay-per-view if they're going to do that, so Me they get a little too. more run out of it. Me too. So. And we're on a collision course for the Young Bucks versus the Hardys, which you know I'm, I'm excited for. I'm I just hope I just hope they don't go everywhere in the building. I wasn't excited for it, and then I saw that Jeff Hardy Darby Allen match where Jeff Jeffro did not take it easy one goddamn bit. Uh, him and Darby, uh, they put on a show. I gotta say, I I'm not as everyone knows. I am not a big Jeff Hardy fan at all, but uh, good for Jeff in that match uh, because Darby and him went hard, and Jeff took some bumps. I did not think we were gonna see him taking at this point in his career. Yeah, no, I I thought it was masterful performance. Definitely his be- his best performance so far in AEW because a lot of it's been uh very bad? <sighs> yeah. Very bad? <laughs> very like you know, I mean, the joke is that people call the Young Bucks the Hardly Boys, but now we got the actual Hardly men uh, there, Yeah. and they're hardly working. Uh but speaking of hardly working, I hardly had to work to get this storyline prepared for you, Cole, because I thought once I got like the premise of the idea, it just kept falling out of me. And uh, I, I did use present time. I figured that was going to be the ace in the hole for me to make uh, your story make somewhat sense. Uh, I thought about going backwards, maybe to the new generation era, but I definitely would have enjoyed a little more time thinking about it and writing something better. But I well, think... I mean, I was 12 during the New Generation era, so that would have been tough. Hey, no, no, this is a nostalgia podcast. We're plopping <laughs> each other. We're plopping each other wherever we see fit. This is this is taking oh, up well, creative. I did not understand the assignment then because I I I figured we were doing each of us at whatever point in our career it was. But cool. Either way, spoiler alert. I also did mine uh, current times. So. Oh, current times. So we're both in our 30s. Go. I mean, you know what? I'm fine with that because I'm in the best shape I've ever been in in my life, and I'm not even a wrestler. Well, yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> I, yes, yes. I, I, I could definitely probably go today. but uh, it, it, Yeah, just... I am not in the worst shape of my life, but I am certainly not the best. Uh, and isn't that the dream? You know, that is yeah. really the American dream. You know, I, I mean, for figuratively and physically and and actually because the american yeah, dream say, to to be in better shape at 38 than i wasn't at 28 is great but not as good as 18 <laughs> no no it happens but uh in my world you are in uh you are in decent shape for uh, for this period of time you definitely could put on a show and definitely could put on matches and the way well, yes yes because i'm an adult and i'm a professional and i wouldn't show up to wrestling without being in shape like that's that's kind of the main reason I quit in the first run was I didn't feel like I could give my opponents enough, uh, you know I couldn't give them the quality of match they deserved and so that that was one of the main reasons I stopped. See I don't know like you've been removed from uh, the wrestling ring for about seven years now and uh, you were trying to get booked on whatever show maybe Chuck was gonna throw at us when he asked us if we were wrestling still. <laughs> you said hey I'm open to bookings let's go. 
<laughs> oh yeah well i'm not gonna take a booking for like this weekend if oh. someone wants to book me a month from now okay cool because i can get in shape in a month like i know how to get in shape it is something that i've done multiple times in my life like i but b- believe me i'd be in a ring a couple times a week between now and that show and i'd be at the gym or in up this mountain that you so love uh every day to be ready for that match in a month. <laughs> and really, it would, it would really depend on on where it is, because let's face it, if Chuck or Joe are getting his book somewhere, you know, I think we're already the best. Uh, Probably. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean, I could. I, I mean, even still, I wouldn't want to roll out of bed having not wrestled in seven years and uh, just show up to a show. <laughs> yeah. Nor I. Nor I. Even if I can do stuff i'd rather go to a you know a month of training before i uh oh for sure like i mean i could roll out of bed right now and have and and be in a six-man tag like i i feel like that would be okay i obviously wouldn't be taking the heat but i could roll out of bed right now and do and you know fire up a hot tag and, and put some boots to somebody but then and, and maybe do a one minute opening spot but that's about it yeah i mean i wouldn't oh yeah i wouldn't commit to a singles match right now today yeah snooky did it that's true. <laughs> oh, so you ready for some uh, for some creative gold here, Cole? Are you are you prepared? Are you ready for what's to come? Am, am I going to be wearing pumps and a dress? Well, because because I tell you right now that doesn't work for me, brother. Well, no, I mean <laughs> we're we're trying to write some fiction. You know, I can't really make this much like real life. You know. Oh God. You know, I. Despite what you wear in real life, I, I got to have you play like a, a character that's, you know, marketable. So, so in my world, you are Cole Dawson. And in my world, you're debuting on NXT. And the way we're debuting you, you know, we're shaving that head of yours. We're shaving that face because let's be honest, folks at home, we didn't really touch on uh, Cole's character. But uh, he was a mix between Ric Flair and like Yano and... Uh, who else? Who else was like an influence? And your name was the Green Meanie, but then you would eventually turn into just Cole Dawson, but still keep a lot of the traits for the Green Meanie, which is very happy, jolly, but can kick your ass. Um, so I went with that. You're going to be that guy, and we're going to have vignettes where you're just, you know, it's the classic NXT debut wrestler. You know, I, I'm happy to be here. This is a dream of mine. Uh, you know, big old smile on your face but you're kind of big and menacing and you know it's you know you are a big guy you are well over six foot uh but the fact that you have an adorable outlook on life and you have an adorable baby face is like you know it's it it fits well with the nxt 2.0 even though you're in your mid-30s and then we cut to like the vignette and we see we see your sister watching the tv watching your vignette your uh you're about to debut vignette on on the tv and you see Johnny back there just like, I don't know, he's probably just working on some restraints or maybe just, you know, cutting a promo on a wheel. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's like, hey, what are you doing to Candace? And Candace is like, oh, that's my brother. He's going to be debuting here soon. And he's and this is right at the tail end of Indy and uh, and uh, Austin Theory moving on and doing their own thing. And, you know, Johnny and Candace are kind of on their own. And uh, as she's watching that, Johnny's looking at the TV and he's like, oh, huh. Can we get him? 
because they you know because you know, they're by themselves now. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're heels like they need they need to be, they need to bring somebody in to like help them like you know get advantage and stuff like that and then they and you know candace just kind of looks at him and goes you know maybe and then they cut to commercial and they go on their merry way of having the show and then finally you know maybe after a few vignettes later you know you're gonna make your debut and shortly before you go out there candace kind of cuts you off I'm like hey good luck tonight buddy blah 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 you know, if you've ever needed any help, just ask for it. And you, you just politely tell her, you know, I appreciate that. But, you know, I have been watching the show and you're kind of naughty, sister. I think I'm just going to have to, you know, see what I can do on my own. You know, you know me. I can, you know, Big Brother's got to do his thing. And, you know, you go and do your thing. You have a successful debut. You know, Candace is like, you know, begrudgingly applauding. Like, he can do this on his own. But how do I make them join our team? But, you know, she's very, but she's still supportive. She's kind of caught between, you know, how do I get you on our side? But also, I'm happy for my brother doing well. So, you keep this momentum going. You're having, you're having your matches. And all of a sudden, you find, you find your way into a championship match. We're going to call it the North American title. Maybe uh, uh, the, the heavyweight title is a little too, like, hey, come on. Let's, uh, you're getting a little too, uh, little little too overzealous with the creativity i'm gonna do a nice humble secondary title just like you would say you know i i would book myself in the mid card happily so let's go for the big mid card title and uh, let's just say the the champion is tomaso champa that's a good one and it's you know it fits very well with the cast of characters we got here so you're having this match tomaso you know he's you know he, he's beating you up a little bit he's beating you up I mean, on, on your comeback on your comeback, you're, you, you're going, you might have this one in the bag. And like, you know, but Tommaso cuts you off a bit and, you know, takes over. And then Candace starts coming down to the ring. Like, are you sure you don't want my help? And right when you have them, right when you have them, right where you want them. Yeah, she, she gives you like the signal, like, do you need my help at all? And you're like, no, I'm good. And right then and there is when Tommaso takes over and just beats you, you know, because of a distraction. And, you know, it, you're crushed. And then we go off, we go to commercial break with you backstage, bummed out, mad at yourself for losing, and Candace comes and gives you a hug and consoles you, and then gives the camera the old Bret Hart look as in, I got him now. So, uh, and now the next week, you actually join their side, you go, you, you kind of say, look, I, I, maybe I put too much stock into myself, maybe I do need my family with me to make myself better, maybe I do need another way out of this funk and maybe i should just you know you so you become their heater like begrudgingly because you think you're a failure but candace knows that she distracted you and it's all kind of her fault and so we just kind of go on this terror where you're like you're the you're in the way now uh and we have we have a run where you help johnny and candace win all their matches and to the point where I don't know how we can do it, but it's unveiled that it was a ploy all along. It could be months down the road, months down the road. And then it all kind of culminates to where you and Johnny have a feud, maybe a couple match program to where you come out squeaky clean and beat Johnny. But it just solidifies you as a singles guy that can carry his own weight. It's like a, it's like the serious version of the big hoe story, you know, <laughs> Just no dresses or pumps, no dresses or pumps, but like a coming of age tale where he didn't need his bad sister on his side at first, but then she manipulates him in order to get him on her side until the truth comes out and he was his own man all along. And now he can stand on his own two feet 
in the mid card range or even escalate up to the uh, uh, you know maybe you're one of those guys that just will get there but just not win the big one just for sympathy until it finally happens we can have like a somewhat more serial barry horowitz uh run <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know that's that's uh you know you you predicted it on the nose uh, this this wasn't as long as i hoped it would be but do you have any points <laughs> maybe some tweaks uh that you would uh consider i know uh you have every right to say that doesn't work for me brother but i think i think utilizing canis and johnny to make your debut make sense and uh, kind of give some sympathy off especially for a guy your size and the in the new nxt you'd be a really big person uh amongst all those children over there well i i appreciate you um tap dancing around the idea that you, you don't believe I'm a main eventer, which is fair because I don't believe I'm a main eventer. <laughs> I was like, that's what you said. I was ready. I was ready to give you the push of all pushes. And you said, don't make a fluff piece. And I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll try to make this as real as possible. Well, that's fine. Well, well, I mean, what, what was your, what was your original idea that I talked you out of then? Where were you? Where were you going ultimately? Oh, I give you the belt and you beat everybody. <laughs> the Bob Holly push. The I Bob Holly push. That's all you need. I love it. No, like I would, uh, if if I were going to debut you without trying to put some realism into it, I would have you, because I don't think this has been done yet. I would have, I would have guys in the ring, maybe the, the high flyer types, and they're having their match. And all of a sudden you would just hear this like, ksh, ksh, and then also you blow up on the screen and it's just you behind a microphone at a desk and you're just brutally commentating on the match that you're seeing in the ring. Like, look at these guys. These guys can't get over worth a damn. You, you, you put this on television, you basically go in full coal mode on, <laughs> it, like, on wrestlers that you don't believe should be in the ring. You know, like flippy flop, flip flop this. Like what the hell? Like why don't you guys tell a story? Like you guys, you you start like breaking the fourth wall and start like really critiquing, basically a Dan Lambert that can wrestle, and like that would just be your shtick. You would just be like, you would just randomly interrupt matches and just like drown out the commentary, uh, and it would just be your commentary, but it would just be you just crucifying the talent in the ring to the point where like. You know, they would just kind of stop and just like look at the screen and maybe just they would go off to commercial like these guys ain't worth a damn. Just cut to commercial now. I bet you some Viagra commercial will be way better than this horse shit in the ring and just have like <laughs> have like people try to come out like you actually have like uh, control over the over the screen. No one can turn it off. Like they try to cut to commercial, but then somehow you pivot and make it come back on the air. No, you're going to listen to me. This match sucks. <laughs> now, see, that's awesome. This whole that's TV's awesome garbage. The, silly, the silliness of it. This whole see, TV's garbage. That would be fun because you did that once upon a time where you had the 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 cruiser eight uh, gimmick where you just got to just destroy little guys forever, and that's so much fun. It like, is. I liked working as a if if I'm working as a heel, I like working against smaller guys because I love. I love taking Rana's and head scissors and like, I like being the bumping Lucha guy. That was one of my favorite things to do because I could do all the rolls and the bumps and all that stuff. And, and like, I'm a good base. Like if, if I was going to list my strengths in wrestling, I would say I'm a good base. 
I'm good, but I'm also good at selling and getting sympathy. I think those are the two things that I was best at. Uh, I mean, you know, agree or disagree? I mean, yes, I definitely agree. <laughs> I mean, every time we worked, I was always the heel. Uh, yeah. So, you, you, I, like I said, you just got that perfect face. I think there was one time where you were like a shit heel in the UWC days, and it was uh, when you ended up wrestling Warren, and you actually grew your hair out and dyed it green. Uh, that was probably the most heel I've ever seen you do. Uh, but, you know, other than that, I just, I've always seen you as a baby face. You're always going to be that wooing, uh, hands way up on your chest as if you're putting your hands on your hips, uh, the superhero pose. Yeah. You know, it's that's always going to be my vision of Cole, either that or the hashtag team gear. Yeah, and see, it's funny. When you were you were describing me kind of as like a mix of Ric Flair and Yano, Yano's a good comparison. I like that idea because that, that actually is probably closer um, to what I think. But, like, for me, I always saw myself as a little bit of a Dusty Rhodes-esque baby face mixed with a little bit of the William Regal meanness in me. You know, so I could I could go to that when it was necessary, um, but mostly Dusty Rhodes with a, with a side of, of silliness. You know, that's why I, I, I say Colt Cabana. Like, Colt Cabana is... Like, if I could be somebody, like, I would be Colt Cabana. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I, I, yeah. I love fun and in, in, in the whole thing. And that, yeah, that's me. I enjoy that. And that's why I said I'd, I'd, I'd either want to be, you know, a white meat, you know, fun baby face or like a super over the top, mean, nasty heel. So that, yes, uh, 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 an Arn Anderson brain busters type heel. That's just going to beat the fuck out of someone work a body part, grind them down. That that's those are those are my favorite styles of wrestler personally. Yeah, same here. And boy, we're twenty one we're twenty one fifteen in Cole, and I'm not sure where else to go from here, as you predicted. Well, I mean I could answer your damn question. That would, that would be good. I sidebarred. So um I love the idea of of course working with my sister in any way. And I like that the payoff would be um, you know, as giant Bret Hart fans, the brother-in-law matchup is one of my favorite matches of all time. It was probably the first match I watched over and over and over again because it's incredible. Um, Bret, of course, that's Bret and Bulldog. So I love that idea, um, and I love it even more. Kind of as you know, Johnny being being a shit heel, and especially doing that fun kind of the, towards the end of the way, um where he was being obnoxious and silly over the top, I think we could have a lot of fun both being over the top and obnoxious, me as a babyface and him as a shit heel. Uh, and I think it would be a fun match to work with Johnny because he can kind of do a little bit of everything too. He's kind of another one of those chameleon-type guys um, who, who uh, likes to tell a good story, but he can go with the as, as well as anybody and as long as anybody. Um, so I could, you know... We could have if we were going to have a series of matches, it would be fun to have kind of a an old school, silly, you know, heel baby face 80s styles match. And then maybe something where we it, it develops into something bigger from there where we're going to have a real fight down the line. You got to bring back be the, a lot of fun. You got to bring back the spot uh, that you and Michael did where, he, where he's chasing you around the ring and you're chasing him around the ring and then you blow up for a second. So he runs into your ass. <laughs> That was a fun spot. Oh, so I, and and it was only fun because Michael like took it so well. The timing was perfect. Yes, 
Yes, and his bump, his because his head was bigger than his body at that point. Yes, and so like when his head flies back and his feet flip up in the air, <laughs> super awesome bump. Yes, it was a great spot. Yeah. But I like doing that because if I, I also like, I, I another thing idea I've kicked around for myself if I was gonna make a comeback is to be a total '80s heel and like you know ravishing Rick Rude, Ted DiBiase, where you. I don't do anything great. Um, I, the only thing I do is bump and sell. You know, that's spectacular. The baby face is the only one who's going to do anything fun and over the top in the match. But all I do is cheat. Like, all my offense is just bullshit. And then, like, headlock. And I do, like, all the spots with the, the, the wrist tape, choking them out, and, like, you know, holding the ropes on the on the abdominal stretch. Like, every cheap, old-school, 80s heel thing that nobody does anymore. Uh, I thought I think that would be a lot of fun. Yes, and then, then somewhere down the line, we can get you a nice, like, green vehicle, and you can ride down to the ring, and then all of a sudden, Hulk Hogan comes <laughs> to the ring and blows it up! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Even in your storyline, we got to bring Hogan out to blow something up. I would be thrilled. Yeah, I, <laughs> who wouldn't be honored to have Hogan blow something up of theirs? Uh, a really cool finish idea for you and Johnny's blow off match. You know, you could, uh, you could have it to where like, you know, you guys are jockeying for position on the top rope. You throw him off shit cannon right, right in position for your senton bomb. Candace goes to get up onto, onto the ring apron and she realizes you have him and she realizes Johnny's done for, but she's like, do I help my husband or do I just let my brother have his moment? And she just freezes and just gives you the nod and then you senton bomb him and win. And she just walks away in confusion, disappointment, as in half happy for her brother, half sad for her husband losing, doesn't know how to feel, just walks away and lets the moment happen. I think uh, that's one of those WWE type of stories that just makes you love life. Oh, and would make me love life to have a win over Johnny Gargano. That would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, don't so. you th don't you think your dream would be his nightmare? <laughs> I'm lose this fat piece of shit. Oh, no. He probably, <laughs> no, knowing him, he'd probably look at it as a nerdy challenge. I'm going to make this shit make sense. Yeah, so I'm going to make this just this meat flop look good. Meat flop. <laughs> and you're wearing the shirt, too. Oh, my gosh. Fantasy booking. Imagine, oh. imagine AGB versus Johnny Gargano. Oh, my. Well, uh, in 2022, that's not a thing that can happen. So I mean, it could. I mean, it could if everyone wants to get canceled because that is not an acceptable, uh, not that it should have happened back then, but that is not an acceptable gimmick to run anymore in this day and age, and for good reason. So. Well, AGB can, be, can stand for anything. Androgynous Gary Busey. <laughs> uh, team, together everyone achieves more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. I mean, so uh, should. We move on to my pitch for you since we're only 25 minutes in. I mean, that, I have your story ready to go. I mean, that is a good idea. We could just make this a take it up creative, both of us. All right. So my idea, again, once I got going, once I figured out what I wanted to do, um, I, it, it, the shit just flew off the handle for me. And um, I have a start. And then I have a middle where it's going to a couple twists and turns along the way. And then I've got a good long-term, you know, run for you, actually, sir. So I also went with 
current day Ron Kilborn AEW is oh. where I picked to debut you because I like you more with AEW than anything that's going on in WWE uh, because I love you and I want what's best for you. So <laughs> who knows? What? I, I, watch the watch the Casino Battle Royal closely on the, on the, the <laughs> so. The gimmick I came up with for you, it's funny that you mentioned an angry man bitching on the microphone about <laughs> the current state of professional wrestling. <laughs> because knowing some gimmicks that you have done in the past, one where you were an obnoxious cruiserweight killer, and two, uh, the last gimmick you did where there was a little bit of JBL involved, uh, that kind of a storyline, uh, I know you have no problem getting heat and absolutely no problem being a total dick bag. So my gimmick for you is fuck Dan Lambert and his bullshit. Ron is coming to AEW to rid AEW of the cosplay bullshit wrestlers in the world. You're going to take out all the bullshit comedy acts. <laughs> You're going to start with the best friends. Oh, and so Ron's first match is going here. We're going to do like four weeks of vignettes of you building up to this moment. And you're going to show up and the first person you challenge is Chuck Taylor. Oh, that's and funny. so you're going to go out there against Chuck Taylor. You're starting with the best friends. You're going to work your way through Chuck Taylor, beat him up nice and good, leave him beat in the ring. And then you're going to start some cheap shots after the bell. Of course, Trent is going to make the save. So you slap the shit out of Trent and bail, and then the next match will be you and Trent. So now this one is one where not you know Chuck Taylor I think is a little bit underrated in the ring bell to bell, um, and so I know you would have a good match with Chuck, but Trent I think has kind of been used as that guy who's gonna have a good match every time out, no matter who he's working with, and so this will be the first one where you really get to stretch a little bit. You get to go about fifteen on tev- television with Trent? Question mark. Whatever his last name is. Uh, did he get Beretta back? He I got think Beretta they got back. Trent Beretta back. Yeah, he's so. Beretta again. And so this one's going to be really good, but you're going to, tur- to turn to the dirty, underhanded tactics to get the win and roll out with a victory. And when you roll out of the ring after the match, waiting for you is Orange Cassidy that to one. hit the slow motion kicks to the shin, and you're just going to pie face the shit out of him and walk away. And say next week, bitch, it's you. And so then you get to have your day in the spotlight with Orange Cassidy. The crowd is going ape shit. You're gonna cut the promo before the match to this is the worst offender. This is the worst example of of this cosplay bullshit generation. I'm bringing professional wrestling back to wrestling. And the great thing about this gimmick, too, is this leads down the line for, you know, the sports entertainers and da-da-da-da-da, whatever, all that nonsense, too. There's a lot of options here, starting with this. And, of course, once again, the dirty, underhanded tactics to beat everyone's hero, Orange Cassidy. So now that you've dispensed with the uh, best friends, you're going to move on to one... Danhausen because Ron and Danhausen promos are something I need in my life. We're going to have a couple vignettes where Danhausen curses you. See the 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 you're going to keep giving little hints uh where the silliness of these people 
keep tripping you up a little bit. So you're going to end up with the curse and then like your car won't start. Like some little stuff like this, little vignettes where it's like, oh, this motherfucker. Like this can't be because of this silly bullshit made up nonsense. I can't be cursed. And uh, there's going to be a moment in this match where you trip over your two feet and it comes really close to losing to Dan Housen. So Ron is going to roll out of the ring and get disqualified, beat the crap out of Dan Housen, get the chairs, uh, and just have him laying there a heap in the ring. And then the organ plays, and here comes Hook to save his new buddy. Hookhausen is a real thing that's going to exist. And now you're faced in the ring with a real badass in Hook. And that's going to set up for matches with Ron and Hook. Match number one with Ron and Hook. You're going to get out-wrestled, bud. I hate to break it to you, but Hook can go, and he's going to throw you around and out-wrestle you a little bit. So it has. Yeah, and just when it looks like Hook is going to get the big win, Ronald is going to get intentionally disqualified and leave Hook laying in the ring because he's a dastardly heel that just can't accept losing. I smell a kick to the dick. (laughs) And... So that's going to set up a no disqualification match with Hook. Now, since it is Hook, we're not going to get all the furniture involved, but there's going to be a fight. This is going to add a little bit of depth to Hook's character because this will be the first time we'll see him fighting outside the ring. And uh, when it's all said and done, uh, Hook is not taking his first loss here. Ronald will be taking his first loss to Hook, his first official defeat and then the next week we get back into it and say, hey, I didn't have a problem with Hook to begin with anyway. Hook's a real wrestler. He's a serious man. He's out here. He's, you know, his dad was one of the most serious wrestlers of all time. I respect Taz so much and everything he did. So back to, I'm going to get back on track with my, my uh, mission here to end the silly cosplay wrestlers. And Hook isn't one of them. Hook, good on you. You beat me fair and square. You're a badass. I'll see you down the road. But first... I've got to get rid of the dork odor. And Ron is going to move on to the number characters of the dork odor and work his way through them, leading to his match with one Colt Cabana. I will be very excited for this match with Colt Cabana. Uh, He's one of my favorite workers, as you know, I've talked about him this whole episode so far. So, yes, we love Colt. And I just want to see a Ron and Colt Cabana match. But Ron again with the dirty underhanded tactics going to sneak away with the win and once ron has worked his way through the dark order he's going to find find himself face to face with one hangman adam page to Uh. defend his friends in the dark order going like hey hey hey, i get it you know i understand these guys are fun they're not you know over the top dramatic serious buzz but you know what i'm serious and you're here fucking with my friends and i'm gonna put a beating on you so we're going to get a title match between Ron and Hangman Adam Page. And now we're just into this thing, and Ron is a new character. Uh, so once again, Ron might be taking the L here in this one. But now we've elevated Ron to a level. He just had a real good 20-minute match with Hangman Adam Page, the champion. He showed that he could really go. And now that he's beaten all the silly, silly guys, maybe we can move on to... Uh, a little bit. It's like, all right, I did what I came to do. I beat up all the silly cosplay wrestlers. So now I'd like to try my hand at some of these serious 
you know, some of these other guys who really think they're pro wrestlers. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to expose just how not great they are. And you're going to call out one Eddie Kingston. Ooh. And Ronald versus Eddie Kingston is the uh, the dream match, I think, for me as far as AEW. Um, because I think Eddie Kingston being the badass baby face that he is and Ron being a serious heel who's uh, out there not, not uh, you know, fucking around. Uh, this match just sounds absolutely fantastic to me. And I think from this point, there will be no denying Ron Kilborn after he goes a good 15 with Eddie. Uh, and I don't really give a shit who wins this match. I'd like to maybe put Eddie over because if I'm the king of AEW, I'm elevating Eddie Kingston to the main event uh, very soon. And I wouldn't, I, I mean, so you know, maybe you're a stepping stone, but this is where I think Ron settles in. Maybe he wants to take out some guys like the Lucha brothers or, you know, uh, Luchasaurus and, you know, uh, 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 what's his face? Jungle boy. I see would be fun matches for you. I think Ron against, uh, uh, smaller Lucha guys is, is really fun to see. Uh, some of my favorite matches of all time were giant Ron, uh, pushed you know throwing his weight around against shane and michael and you know the the smaller cruiserweights so i see that great another matchup for you i think would be really fun would be darby allen uh and, and all of this to say i would have a tnt title run in ron's future when it's all said and done but i think the first thing i want to do is really establish you as a heel with the silly, you know, cosplay comedy wrestlers. And, and and meanwhile, I get you in there with some some guys that are getting over that are big names. And and so we're elevating you, but we're showing maybe you're not quite ready to be a main eventer. But down the road, we get this TNT title run in there. and We get you in the matches with Darby and, you know, maybe not Sammy Guevara because he's an insane person, but Ron versus Sky would be great. Ron versus a Frankie Kazarian match would be awesome. Um, we know Ron and Christopher Daniels can have a hell of a match, ladies and gentlemen. It is on YouTube's. Yes. <laughs> yes, go out of your way to watch those clips. <laughs> but yeah, for me, I definitely see Ron Kilborn as a an upper middle card guy that that with the proper push and planning, uh treated as a serious heel. Um I, I don't I don't see I never saw a limit. For you, my friend, uh, I know if we had another season in the backyard, there was a world title run in your future. A UWC heavyweight championship title run was definitely in your future. And uh, there's a reason that a lot of other promotions thought like I did and put their titles on you uh, on the local independents. So um, I, I for me, I think, you know, TNT title with the hope that it catches on and everyone else sees what I see. And uh, we could make you into a top guy down the road. Well, that's splendid, and I love that you went with Kingston in one in one of the angles because I think that was that. If I had a dream opponent in AEW, it would be that guy. I would love to get on the microphone with that guy. I, uh, yeah, that's that's freaking awesome. I, uh, I, I feel good. You know, I almost want to like record this and send it to Matt and Nick and be like, "Hey, run this up the ladder. This sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> run it up all yeah. the ladders." Let's see. Now, one of the other things that I did think about, um, especially at the end of last week's episode, when you asked me if I was uh, fulfilled in, in our last run as a tag team, 
And the current state of wrestling right now, especially at AEW, would really set up great for a hashtag team reunion and run. Um, for me, I think the big payoff would be, unfortunately, it's a little, we're a little late, but uh, uh, the hashtag team working as, I will just explain for everyone, what we did was a lot of puns and fun stuff in, in, in our uh, promos. So we were fun-loving babyface big guys and the promo, but a lot of our style and the way I put our matches together were very much so 80s babyface style matches where, um, you know, we, we shined a lot in the beginning and then we got our asses kicked and desperately tried to make tags until finally we were successful. And whoever got that hot tag was house fire, clean house, bump everyone like crazy. Uh, I hit a dive. Uh, we go into the finish, boom, boom, boom. You know, great stuff. I think hashtag team in an old school 80s style matchup against FTR working as heels is my current dream match. Uh, that would be the one I love. And I, cause I think if we put, if we put my, my, my brain for 80s, Babyface tag teams with FTR plus your uh, your abilities and Dax and those great guys. I think we could fucking tear the house down and uh, do something special for tag team wrestling currently. Oh yeah, what that, say ye? That'd be great. Yes, and I would love to make our way towards the Bucks eventually because that would just be a nice, oh yeah, that'd be a nice little reunion for sure. Um, but yeah, no. yeah, they'd they'd be they'd be all worried that I'm gonna like tell them everything that's wrong with them. And- Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's weighing heavy on them. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the sound of how awesome my shoes are, my 233rd yeah. pair. <laughs> no, I. It would be great to work with the Young Bucks. Like the only thing I would want to do is I would just beg, can we do one match that's that's ours? Like let us call one match. And then the next one, we'll do whatever the fuck you guys want. But just one time, let me put the match together. Do my match for me. What like? Let let yes. Just give me one, and then I will do the thirty minute. We'll plan everything match with you for the rematch if you want. That's fine. But just give me one shot at this, um, and I I bet we could get them more over than they've ever been. Yeah, I think they would just super kick you like 20 times and then go home. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be fine with that. I like honestly, I'd be I dude, I'd be so happy doing 3-minute jobs for tag teams at AEW right now. Like <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, it sounds like a total blast. Like, you know, I'm definitely going to have my boots on me when I go to Double or Nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I no, mean, no. you should. I mean, just yeah. Just throw them in the bag. No. Yeah, just throw them in the bag like my wife's like, "What do you what's that? Nothing." Nothing at all. Oh. Yeah, just make sure everyone that you know that knows you knows you're gonna be in town. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, I, I go to the 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 Bucks signing uh, uh, on the the Fan Fest day. I'm like, hey guys, here for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. So what do you got for you know, me, bro? What do you got for in me? In town, brother? I'm here for the show. You never yeah. know. And then, like you know, I finally find out the the truth that uh, everyone doesn't want to admit that they actually have no control over there at all anymore. Uh, <laughs> It's a one-man oh. show, and they're just along for the ride, just like anyone else is now. Oh, speaking of one-man show, it's your show. It's my show. Yes, it's my show. Well, next week for sure 
it is my show because I will be returning the favor on Ronald and it will be who the fuck is Ron Kilborn? Oh, that guy. So um yeah. Yeah. See, usually I kind of I kind of felt like this that we were going to go short on creating for each other because usually we have, you know, about 15 to 20 minutes each of storyline that we want to get to and then we debate how we would get there in the end. But this time there's no debate. You had a story and then I had a story, so Yeah, like who, that's, how that's are we how are we going to sit here and be narcissistic and debate our own <laughs> Right. Just the fact that you took time to write something for me anyway is already awesome. It doesn't really matter what it is. And we didn't troll each other. I was this close to trolling. (laughs) That's great. So uh, then then we'll go with this. What if if you could do anything right now, currently, which company would you choose and who would you want to work? Well, I mean, with the climate, the way it is now, like long term, I would love to go to AEW. But right now, my, my dreams in wrestling are... Are, are small like i'm not like the guy that wants to main event wrestlemania i think my dream right now is like i would love to just have an opening pay-per-view contest against walter that that's just right something that i want so dearly i want 30 minutes of my time in that ring with walter and i want to just completely you know i'll lose i don't give a shit but i just want to have a brutal just slugfest with walter and just be made as a guy that can go yeah, I yeah, I it would be great. I, I yeah, if I could work with anybody in the business right now, the short list would be one. I would love to work with Colt Cabana, um, because I, I it's just I, I think we're on the same wave same wavelength as far as pro wrestling goes. Um, two, obviously Eddie Kingston. I I love this man. I've loved him for fifteen years. I love his work and and spend getting to spend time with him and get to know him like. He's one of just the most interesting, just over the like great characters of, you know, like his real life personality is one of the greatest characters of all time. Like, and, and it shows that's why he's getting so over at AEW just because he's just being himself, he, you know, turned up to 11, but he's just being himself. He really is that guy. And, and, but also he's such a loving dude too. He's so great. Um, hopefully. I'm going to get to see him here in a couple weeks um, as AEW is making their first trick out to California. I'm very excited for this. So, yes, but it's... yes, Walter would be the other, the other one. And I mean, I would love to go 20 minutes with Brian Danielson. I, 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 for me, he's the best wrestler on the planet and who doesn't want to work with the best, but. Absolutely. I think we've done each other justice today. It was a nice few weeks of just jerking each other off in vanity. I, uh... <laughs> oh, we still got one more. Still got one more week. <laughs> Next week, ladies and gentlemen, I flip the tables on Ronald and we do. Who the fuck is Ron Kilborn? Uh, uh, I- I'm going to need you to be a little serious because some of the subject matter is a little bit personal and uh, maybe a little bit emotional. So. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we call a tease slash cliffhanger in the business. So, for Ron Kilborn, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you, we love you, and good night. Mwah.
Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly on Instagram or Twitter at Ron for your life. Number four, we'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.